Blog Talk Radio. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, happy Friday, everybody. Welcome mm-hmm. to Let's Chat. I am Alicia. Absolutely, I'm here with my girl. My right hand is sometimes my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. Today we're gonna be talking that talk about the art of making the pages talk. It's gonna be a hot show today. We have two fabulous guests author Amir Gavin, and author and literary agent Heather Butler. You know, last year we did a session with a literary agent. Um, so I like to, you know, T and I like to make sure that we have something informative. And authors are always asking publishing questions. They always are curious about publishing someone. Literary agents, they don't know how to get them. They don't know where to go get them. They don't know what they do, what they don't do. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be able to have, you know, different elements of the literary world on the show. So outside of the authors and outside of the publishers, you know, the literary agents are another branch of the industry. To Alicia, that was such an eye-opening show that we had. We had, I believe, three different literary agents and their roles as far as what they offer authors. And it was, you know, it was eye-opening. And I never knew the difference between the three, and they just broke it down so so nicely that it was – it just gives you a different aspect on everything that it takes to get a book out. So I'm interested in hearing what friend to the show Miss Heather has to offer us. You know, she always has gems to be, that she drops on us, and, and she drops them so freely and so lovingly. So we so appreciate that. Absolutely. And on top of that, like when Regina was on last year, you know, it – it's a, it's it's really eye opening, like you said, because her main first thing she said is, "My job is not to be tethered to my desk, making sure your book is written." Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, like when you go to like the bigger agencies and you start moving up, you know, going from mid level to, you know, it's totally different. Um, I was talking mm-hmm. about that event I went to in. Um, 
New York, and I was able to sit on a. And mm-hmm. it was funny. To, it was a funny, but it was it was uh, ironic to me that they had the same questions that everybody has. So it was mm-hmm. really easy to uh, to answer them. However, mm-hmm. there were a lot of um, subsidiaries of the higher level. Um, uh, publishing houses, you know, they all have subsidiaries, like part divisions. So we, they were mm-hmm. there, and there was one. I think she was from, I want to say Simon and Schuster, mm-hmm. and she was like, if it's not, if it's not polished, I don't accept it. Like she was like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't do that. If it's not polished, mm-hmm. I don't accept it. And it's like mm-hmm. as you get farther up. There's so many things that they just don't do. Like I think we have like a false sense of exactly what what happened. But she mm-hmm. was like, no. She was it was it was adamant. She had a straight face. Like they need to take mm-hmm. care of it before it gets to me. Um, when it gets to me, you know, we'll clean it up. But we're not we're not structuring. Mm-hmm. We're not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. But you know, so Lisa, the further ahead, the further you and I go into this, uh, what we do uh, that involves the literary world, time is precious. And if it's not where it should yes. be when it reaches your particular desk, that's just a waste of time for them to have to go and clean it up and then spend time again when they get it back. So it has to be polished, like she said, because time is of the essence when you're dealing with just not just one client, you have multiple of clients, and you don't have time, like she said, to be tethered to your desk because so much has to be done that she has to get done in order to, you know, further your career as an author. So I so appreciate what she said, and I can I can understand it at this point where we are. Absolutely, and I think it's how we're trained. Because, you know, when we're, in, when we're in high school, we're in middle school, and they're teaching us about writing, even in college, you write your rough mm-hmm. draft. you got so many chances to get it right. And if it's not right when you give it to the teacher, they give you so many red marks, they might as well have written it themselves. You know what I'm exactly. saying? So mm-hmm. once you get to this level, it's, it's totally different. But I find a lot of authors have that expectation, like, I'm going to throw up on the paper. Uh, and then I'm just going to give it to the editor, and they're going to make it right. And that is totally mm-hmm. not how it it goes, how it should go, and how it's, mm-hmm. it's going to go uh, once you get to a publisher. Because the thing is, time is of the essence, and money is, mm-hmm. is not something to be thrown away. And most editors don't touch it um, after three times. You have some that only touch it twice, some that only touch it once within another mm-hmm. invoice. So if it's not mm-hmm. polished, if it's not ready to go, if it's not your best work, it becomes a waste mm-hmm. of money for that publisher because now I have to pay again because, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want no authors to send me no inboxes or emails, but because the author is lazy and does not want to do the work that's required to get they, they their masterpiece in the right place. Mm-hmm. That's so true, and I totally agree, because while you're spending that second and third and, and who knows however many looks at, you have clients that are sitting there waiting for you to touch their work. So everything gets pushed back, uh-huh. 
because no one took the time to polish up and put their best foot forward. And, like, once again, time and money is of the essence. So always try to do your best. And if it's not your best, you know, just, just, just keep it. Sit on it for a minute, you know, step away from it and come back with fresh eyes. And maybe you'll mm-hmm. see something that you should have saw the first time. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. You know, and and it's funny because a lot of feel that way. You know, they mm-hmm. feel like, oh, I'm about to sit here and rewrite this whole book. Somebody needs to give me some royalties. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's funny, but it's absolutely true. You just threw up on the paper. That means that your first thought that was in your head, you put it down, you read over it twice, and that was it. But you didn't want to, you got tired of touching it, so you want to pass it over to somebody else to touch it or write it for you. No. Mm-hmm. That's not what they're there for. They're there to, after you polish it, make sure that it's structured properly. Make sure that mm-hmm. uh, you got all the grammatical errors and all the spelling errors. Their job is to really, like you said, do the cleanup. If, mm-hmm. if something structural-wise, developmental-wise needs to be taken care of, then that's different. That's what you didn't know. That's the stuff you you didn't know. So the editor is there to, to train you. Like, you didn't know this, but I'm about to tell you. This right here, this whole mm-hmm. section, you're going to need to do this with it. Or you didn't finish your scene. Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that authors don't go in with a set of expectations. They have a set of expectations for themselves for their publishers, mm-hmm. for the editors, for um, dis- distribution. It's like preset on what they how, what and how they feel something should go. And that's not exactly right. what it is. Right. That is so true. And also, you know, key points that uh, we've been seeing in the past is that you got to make sure everything is consistent. You can't start out in the, in the, yeah. in the sunroom and walk out of the bedroom in the same scene. <laughs> you know, you got to make sure what you're doing, you can picture it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But see, that's what polishing is. If you would have read mm-hmm. reread that before you turned it in, you would have caught the fact that you had them going into the sunroom and coming out of the bedroom. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, those are the things that you are supposed to catch um, and take care of. If you are reading over your stuff, when you switch up names by accident, you catch that and you fix that, right. you know. Right. And it's it, it's really the author's responsibility. It's your responsibility to make sure your stuff is on point as as much as you can get it. There's a lot of things you may not know structure-wise. So there's, you may not know that people have to teach you, and that's understandable. But laziness and not wanting to proofread it and not wanting to do this is not part of that package. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Even when it comes from the editor, from your final edit, before it's published, you should want to read it one more time to make sure mm-hmm. that he didn't miss anything. Right. Right. And as they're reading it, least, it should come across as a movie in your head. You should be able to see mm-hmm. it scene by scene and that it flows effortlessly. And that's what you want your reader to, to experience because that's how I read. You know, I see it in my head, and when I close that book and I have to do something, it's on pause. You put that pause button. But when you come back, you should be able to pick right up where you left off, even if it was a day, two days, a week before. You should be able to hit that pause and let it continue to flow, if that makes sense. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And when you're doing the plot, there's there's a process for that too. I'm going to make sure that we get another editor on. Um, we do have mm-hmm. tea, um, but to have another like editing um, show where we can mm-hmm. talk about the different parts of the book. So maybe have an editor on, maybe have a copy mm-hmm. editor on, maybe have the three different types of editors on. That would right. be a fun mm-hmm. show too. Uh, because when That's you get into the plot, there are things that you're supposed to ask yourself. Was it engaged? You know, mm-hmm. did I find mm-hmm. the story interesting? Because the thing is, if you find the story boring, nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, so is the reader. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, was how did you write it? Was it plot-driven? Was it character-driven? Did you make it fast-paced when it needed to be fast-paced? Did you make it a page-turner? I mean, was it slow starting off? You don't want a slow book, and then in the middle of the book, that's when it picks up. Nine times out of ten, the reader's going to put that down. So stuff like that, mm-hmm. you wanna you wanna make sure that you are kind of paying attention to, um, and when you read over it, making sure that that you unfolded everything properly, um, and mm-hmm. and in a nice a nice pace where it wasn't too fast, it wasn't too slow, and they got what they needed that you wanted them to get um, from your pen, and then complications and twists and turns, making sure you put them in the right spot, making sure you put your sex scenes at the right point. You know, you might read it and say, oh, no, this don't fit right here. You know, I always say uh, putting a book together is like putting together a puzzle. You know, this Mm -hmm. may not fit Mm -hmm. over here, but it may fit over here. This may not fit over here, but it may fit over here. But making sure that you craft and mold and move things around so that when you turn it in, you know that this, I did the damn thing here. You know, I know exactly. when I the editor sends it back, they're going to show me that I thought I was doing the right thing. Dang, I, that, this is my best stuff. But the editor's job is to make your pen better. The editor's job mm-hmm. is to ter- take that manuscript that you turned in from a four-star, from a three-star, from a two-star, from a one-star, and bring that puppy on up. That's their job mm-hmm. is to sharpen it and make it better. So... Once you get a raw red marks, you should be excited like this about to be on point because I did my best when I turned it in. They made it better. This about to be some fire, and I'm about to get straight five stars once I get done with this. So it's always mm-hmm. like everything is always a great process. I know people don't see it like that, but it's always a great process. It is, this and is that's the, the, the beauty of Go what ahead. we have learned. Come compliments of what we be doing and different, you know, variations of the industry that we bring on the show. So I'm excited for tonight as well. We absolutely agree with that, T. This is Let's Chat. We're going to take a brief break, but when we come back, we're going to talk that talk with author Amir Gavin. We'll be back. We're going to hit you with some of that Aaron Bebo because we want the keys. Bonnie. 
set my name first, gonna make up Going the same first, we out here on the grind She got the same thirst, I got her mind, body and soul Three round burst, my soldier in heels The breast behind the ski mask, Netflix and chill As I roll out the weed bag, she show how she feel You know a nigga see that, she want my attention And she know it's time to be bad I'm always down the block, put on Mary J. Block Pump like handles so she see a mirage When it's deep my rib could feel a squeeze from her thighs I could tell that she mine by the look in her eyes If we get caught in the act, we'll be sentenced to life So when it's time to throw down, we don't ever think twice Taking shots at the missus, but this is my wife So all them shots be misses, bitch, get you a life I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, once more she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore and she gone Like glass jars, use the whole fifth when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone Yeah, how you doing love? What's your name, number and sign? You so divine, let me look at you from behind Yeah, your body banging, coke bottle, some type of model Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow Got my attention you got my head spinning, the kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting, chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers, and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. If you are just tuning in, we're talking to talk about the art of making the pages talk. We have two fabulous guests coming into the chat room today. We had a show last night that was off the hook. If you missed it, no worries. Make sure you go back and hit our archives. You can reach our archives either by logging onto Blog Talk or iTunes. Yes, Last Chat is available on iTunes as a podcast. So we're going to bring in author Amir Gavin. Hey, how are you? Hello. <laughs> Can you hear us? <laughs> Amir? Oh, that's not Amir. He's not in yet. Okay. Hold on. Well, why do you just get Heather. situated? Do you see him, Leash? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I okay. don't see him, but this is Heather. Oh, hey, okay. Heather, how are you? <laughs> Are you unmuting hey, me already? <laughs> Hi. Hi. How's everything? Everything is well, ladies. How are you? Happy Friday. Yes, it is happy a happy Friday, Friday to you. 
Thank you. It's been a long week, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was just saying the same thing, girl. We're always excited to have you in the chat room. You know that, right? <laughs> Thank you. I'm always excited to come on and talk to you guys. Because <laughs> I never know what's going to come out of Alicia's mouth. You know how she is. You know, I yes, just got to in- just sit back and... <laughs> Yes, indeed. And you never know what questions he gonna ask. She always asking them off the wall questions. Got people all thinking in their feelings. Yes. You never know what happens here in the chat room. Don't I know it? <laughs> now, for Crack all of those up. that don't know who you are, everybody, tell everybody a little bit about yourself um, and what you do. Well, I'm Heather Butler, and um, I am a literary agent, but before I am in, I am that, I am also a mother of three. Um, mm-hmm. I have a 20-year-old, 18-year-old, and a 14-year-old, and I also um, I manage a behavioral health call center. And I'm also currently writing my first book as well. Oh, so. right. <laughs> Kudos to you, girl. You got a lot going on. Yes, I do. I try and keep myself busy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I absolutely do. Currently, um, I have, I think it's seven authors under me right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yep, that's about it, about me. <laughs> How did you get into being a literary agent? Right. How did you get into being a literary agent? What was going on to make you decide this path is what I want to do because that's a different <laughs> that's a different branch of literature. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always been a reader since I was younger. Started um, as a kid. My mom was always a reader, and mm-hmm. I just kind of picked it up with her. So books were always my thing. Um, but the literary agent part came with actually Shatea Sims. Um, when she started, like I knew her as we grew up. She was in school with um, my sister, so mm-hmm. I always knew her. You know, when we were growing up, and we were fa- Facebook friends. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that she was promoting a book that she was um, writing, Living Anonymous, and. Um, I, I I was always, like, as an adult, I started doing beta reads for some authors that I knew that I followed. And mm-hmm. when I saw her promoting her book, I was like, hey, I reached out to her, and I was like, you know, I do beta reads if you ever wanted me to do a test read for you. So mm-hmm. she was like, sure. So she sent her book to me, and I did the test read for her, and I fell in love with Living Anonymous. Mm-hmm. So once I did the test read for her, um, I just started kind of promoting the book a little bit, telling everybody about it on social media. And um, one day she was like, you know, I'm looking for an agent. And I was like, girl, I don't know how to be anybody's agent. <laughs> and she was just kind of like, well, I mean, I don't know how to be anybody's author. <laughs> So she was like, you know, we can kind of figure this out together. And I was like, okay. And we mm-hmm. kind of just was, you know, we were like, all right, let's do this. And mm-hmm. that and was that it. Is something Shateo would say. I can hear her saying, I don't know how to be an author, but I'm doing it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and from then, you know, that point oh, on, it was just on. <laughs> She's like, you know, her thing was everybody has a day one. You know, everybody has a day one. So, mm-hmm. She um <laughs> she kind of was like, let's do this. And from that point mm-hmm. on, I mean, it just grew. Um, 
But she's, you know, she she did it for me. So if it wasn't for her, like, I don't know where I would be. And I always knew I would do something in the literary world. I just didn't mm-hmm. know what. I thought I would be an editor or something, or I would write a book or Mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew I would write a book. I'm a big-time journaler. I still have all my journal my journals from when I was younger. So I thought I would compile all of them one day and just make them a book. <laughs> so I knew I would do something. But this, I never knew. I never thought I would be this. But it's amazing, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's basically it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us exactly what does a literary agent do? Because their their role is a little bit different. And a lot of people are like, I'm with a literary agent, but I don't know what they do. I don't know how to yeah. get one. Talk a little bit about what they do, what they don't do, and how you uh, go about getting one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the first thing that I tell people is um, I'm not a promoter. Like, I don't do anything social media-wise unless I choose to. You know, I don't, like, you'll see me post, like, their book stuff if I if I want to, but it's not a part of my daily task. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to do a certain amount of promotion for them if I don't want to. You know, I share stuff when I, you know, because I want to, but that's mm-hmm. one thing I don't do. But in order to, if I, like, if somebody is, is looking for an agent and if they want me to review their stuff, they have to send, like, if you go to my website, there is an entire thing that they have to do. They have to actually send me a query letter. And there's instructions on what they have to do. They can send me the first three chapters of their book. It has to be 12-point font. It has to be Times Roman, you know, Times New Roman. It has to be... You know, it has to be, um, they can't mail it to me. They can't, you know, there's a whole instruction. Same thing they would do if they were submitting to a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, mo- I would submit, a literary agent would submit if they were looking for, if somebody was looking for a publisher. Most publishers do not, especially um, like the big publishers, they will not accept a manuscript from um, an author, they will only accept a manuscript from a literary agent. I would be the one to submit that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, a literary agent, I do all the bookings for them. If if they were looking for, you know, different events, I would be the one to do the pitching for them. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're trying to get into, say, Walmarts or Barnes and Nobles and things of that nature, I can do all that research, all the background for them, which I am actually currently trying to do for most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I do? Um, radio, radio interviews and things of that nature. I do all of the calling, all of the pitching of all of that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of PR slash agents. Um, we basically manage the authors. We're basically managers. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. essentially what we are. We we are managers. We are personal assistants. We are counselors. We are best friends. We are secretaries. Um, the things the thing with m- me and my authors is you know we actually have genuine friendships. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you ask any of them, most of them I talk to every day, all day. You know, Latoya, Teresa, Shatea, Tammy, I talk to them probably all day, every day. Mm-hmm. All day, every day. It's the guys that I don't talk to the most. <laughs> but <laughs> the women I talk to all the time. Mm-hmm. Why is that that you do with the with the guys? Do they feel that they don't have to to be as check in as as much as the the women authors um no i don't I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just different with women. you know, I think our bond is a little bit different mm-hmm. um my Rory is um he's one of my authors. he's a little bit different. He is mm-hmm. more of um a motivational speaker he mm-hmm. um, he kind of he with the, what I do for him is he um sends what he wants me to do for him like he'll send me the contact information and I just do mm-hmm. the reaching out for him you know he's an educator as well so like he he sends me what he wants me to do for him so you know once he sends it to me I just send it out you know I'll do the reaching out for him um Amir Amir is a little bit different he's a little newer to me so we're still building you know we're still building that relationship and once we sit down and we you know map out the plan for him then mm-hmm. we'll probably start talking a little bit more you know I'll mm-hmm. probably have a little bit once we still start building that relationship I'll probably start talking with him a little bit more but I think with women it's just a different it's a different dynamic mm-hmm. You know, well, you know, this is this this is Tony. I mean, you have so much going on. There is no way that you can sit on social media and promote a book, girl. You have a lot on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but that's the first thing I say. You know, I don't I don't do that. But if they have an event coming up, if they have a book coming out, if you know, if they have something going on. I'll, you know, I will promote it. I'll send it out there, like, you know, mm-hmm. when you guys sent out that Amir was going to be on the show tonight, I sent it out. When right. Teresa was coming on, when Taya was coming on, you know, I will I will post that they have it coming out. But I don't have time to be promoting three times a week or once a day or mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. Oh. You I'm know, not. I just I just don't. Mm. Wow. Now, how did how did you choose which type of? Because you know, Leisha and I, since we've been doing the show, we've had various different types of literary agents. Mm-hmm. How is it that you determine the avenue that you want to take as a literary agent? Um, I have to believe in their work. I honestly do. Um, let's say I read everything. You know, the mm-hmm. only person's book that I haven't read yet was Teresa's. Um, mm-hmm. and I will be, but I went on the recommendation of Leisha and talking to Teresa, um, and I just got a really good <laughs> feeling. I did get a, a really good feeling from her, from mm-hmm. Teresa, you know, and I, I just trust what she's doing, and I talk to her every day, um, mm-hmm. but I have to believe in their work. I absolutely have to believe in everything that they're doing, you know. And again, it's the it's the it's the relationship that I have with them. 
Tammy, Mm -hmm. I have known, well, I haven't known her forever, but I have been following her for years. I've been following Mm -hmm. New Class, New Class for years. Um, So it was easy for me to be able to say, you know what, okay, Tammy, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem picking you up. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, Amir, I met him at Seoul in April, and Mm -hmm. you know, it was easy for me to kind of read his book and be and we talked at Seoul. We had a, a nice conversation at Seoul and, you know, I saw his vision and then I read the book and I was like, you know what, okay. I don't you know, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Um Sanye, she's one of my newest ones. She's a children's author. I know, you know, I read her books that she self published and I know her vision. So it's it's I have to I have to read it. I have to believe in what they've done or what they want to do and I have to be comfortable with them. And I'm the type of person that if I meet you and I talk to you and I feel you out and I'm comfortable with that conversation mm-hmm. and I just get that vibe and I vibe with you, mm-hmm. then it's a go. I watch everybody on social media. I think I say that to everybody. I watch everything. And there have been people who, as soon as Tammy announced that I was her literary agent, I don't think you guys understand how many inboxes that I received. Mm-hmm. And so many people reached out to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So I started really watching everybody on social media. And mm-hmm. there are so many people that are so messy mm-hmm. that – I wouldn't even I wouldn't even contemplate I wouldn't even mm-hmm. contemplate being able to you know like like just representing them because they're just too much on social media and I can't have them like them like attached to my name at all like at all <laughs> I just wow. can't I can understand and, and I mean that, that. <laughs> I can understand that definitely can understand that but um you know. This is Tony Ahead. We, you know, people say we sound alike, so we got to try to remember to to, <laughs> to say who we are. <laughs> With you having so much on your plate and different authors that that you represent, um, what role did that play in you wanting to pin your first book? Um, what role? Let's see. It really didn't. I actually, what what, <laughs> what made me actually want to do it, well, it's always been something in the back of my mind. I knew I would write a book. I just didn't mm-hmm. know exact. I thought it would be about, first it was going to be, I thought it was going to be about, like, my journals from my life. And then I thought it was going to be about um, my ex-husband and my life with mm-hmm. my ex-husband and, um, healing and going through the divorce and everything like that. But then um, I actually started dating somebody recently, and mm-hmm. um, I went through another broken heart, and it affected me so much that I was like, I have to write a book. I have to write a book mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I mean, it was such a short romance, and it wasn't it wasn't the same sort of broken heart that I went through when I dealt with the divorce. And I was with my ex-husband for a long time. I was with him from the time I was 15 to the time I was 32, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't the same sort of broken heart, but nevertheless it was a broken heart, and it affected me in a different sort of way. That mm-hmm. I was like, I have to like, in I have to write this. I have to write this, and it was just 
that's why it's called a beautiful liar because this person was everything that I was looking for. He was mm-hmm. the fairy tale, mm-hmm. literally the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was just like, I, I, this is amazing to me and turned out to be completely opposite. So that's what it was. It didn't really have anything to do with the actual authors or what I'm doing. It had everything to do with the broken heart. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like excited. That I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like there's a? It feels. Does it make you feel like there's a story inside of me? I just have to get it out, and and then getting yes. it out, you just feel a sense of cleansing. That's I'm not exactly sure how what far, how far you are into your book. Um, I am. So okay. <laughs> It keeps evolving because it's, I started it with this story about this broken heart, and um, it's evolving more and more. And, I mean, it, it really is fictional. It is fictional, of course. I mean, it's it's true, but it's fictional. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm writing it as a fictional story, but it's evolving. Mm-hmm. So my my birthday is in February, and I plan on releasing it sometime around there. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think I'm almost about done. I think I'm almost about done. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I, it's like it's like a cleansing. So, like I said, I'm a journaler, and mm-hmm. the more I write, the more I. I mean, I feel like I'm journaling when I'm writing. Mm. And I love it. I absolutely love it, <laughs> and it's amazing. And Tammy actually did. I don't know if you, I mean, Leisha, I know you, you shared my, my cover, um, but Tony, I don't know if, you, if you've seen it. Tammy actually did the cover for me, mm-hmm. and when she posted it in her group, I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's a beautiful liar cover. I need it. Like, you better not, you better not sell that. <laughs> it spoke to you, right? It spoke to you. It did. I was like, you better not. That's mine. <laughs> She's like, okay, okay, wow. okay. <laughs> don't worry. Wow. So yeah, it, it's 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 so just it's amazing. I am the type of writer that I mean. Some people I know you guys are going to ask about the pen. <laughs> um, <laughs> some people sit down and they outline, they rough draft, they this, they that. I have always loved to write. Um, I always have written like short stories and stuff like that. I've never, I never rough draft, never outline, never anything. I just sat down and wrote, and mm. I, that's exactly what I'm doing. I sit down and I just write. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I can't wait to see what happens when I send it to the editor and you know stuff like that because I'm just so elated. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. Wow. You should be excited, girl. This is this is a key moment. And everything that you've been doing Absolutely. now, you have your name on the cover of a book. Mm-hmm. That's exciting, right? Yes, yes. But I tell Absolutely. I talk to the authors, and I'm like, I don't know how you guys do this. This is going to be like one and done. Because this is just too much. <laughs> you can see the other side, right? Yes. I'm like, I'm going to publish this thing, and that's it. No book signing, no nothing. I just got to get this story out here, and that's it. <laughs> You hear her, Alicia? We're going to be like, when is your next book signing? Oh, it's next month. (laughs) Right. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
<laughs> they're like, yeah, right. I'm like, no, for real. I don't know how you guys do this. <laughs> but that's you know good, what? I though. think that's it's good. good to learn their process. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. right. I would I say the same thing. I think it's good to learn thing. their process. Because yeah. even though you don't help them in the writing aspect, you still, with with that knowledge, are able to say, look, you know, this is what it is. And mm-hmm. you can give it to them straight. And, and yep. with them understanding that I understand what your, yes. what your situation is. And even saying, okay, well, let's, let's plan it out. You know, you stuck? Okay, well... Maybe we need to get a um, ghostwriter to help you finish it out, or maybe we need to do this, or maybe you know, give them different options that they can go mm-hmm. by um, exactly and decide, you know, what what they want to do. Mhm, mhm. Because I'm like, listen, <laughs> y'all are on timelines. I'm not, you know, and that's that that's the beauty of it. Because I'm I'm really not, you know. They are. I'm like. You know, they have to plan out words. Like, I'm going to type up, I'm going to do 50,000 words and however many days and stuff where me, I'm just like, I'll write when I want to. You know, I'm on my own timeline. I'm not on anybody else's timeline. So I, I feel for them, you know, and I do get on them. I do get on them. I talk to Latoya all the time about it, you know. It's like I, I know how they feel. I get it, you know. But I'm like, come on now. When is this book dropping? What do you got to do now? <laughs> Let's get it together now. <laughs> so I feel for them. I absolutely do. It's crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> now, have you ever, um, I know you said you have to be able to believe in what they're writing, but have you, when you shop, because you shop their work around, correct? Mm-hmm. Have you ever come to a point where it's like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what you, who you want me to shop this to. You know, I need you to go back and do some things to it if you need it to be shopped. Have you ever um, had that experience where it wasn't as polished as you needed it to be to shop it around? Yes. I had one author that I hadn't um, read the book um, at all. And one, it, not that I had to shop it around, but I was like, it came out. And it was like the hottest book out there, and I was like, let me let me read this book because you know I know I'm going to have to shop it around, so let me read this book. Mm-hmm. And I read the book, and I got to like I was in the first chapter, and there were so many errors in this book, wow. and you know I reached out to the author, and I was like, do you trust me? <laughs> and they mm-hmm. were like, yes. And I was like, I need you to pull this book off the shelves right now. Like, I need you to pull this book down. Pull this book okay. down, and it needs to be re-edited, and, you know, whatever, whatever needs to happen, because, no, this is just, <laughs> it, it, I wow. mean, it was it was bad. And apparently they had um, switched editors and, did, and, you know, just basically trusted um, what the editor said and was trying to hurry up and get the book out and didn't really... Um, read the book before mm-hmm. it went up, and the editor did a poor job, very poor mm-hmm. job. So the book was pulled and re-edited. Um, actually, they went with a friend of mine to re-edit it, and 
you know, that editor did a really great job. And it was amazing to me that it was so poorly edited, but nobody in the reviews mentioned it. Nobody. Really? Wow. Yes. (laughs) Well, you know why, though. You know why? Because readers will overlook, they will overlook um, grammatical and editing errors if they can feel that author's pen. If that author has pulled them in to that book, it could be written on the back of a paper sack. They like, oh, this is so good. You ain't see them five Mister words. Oh, there was. They they don't even notice because they're mm-hmm. wrapped up in the 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 uh, plot of the book. They're wrapped up in some character. They're wrapped up in some scene. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they will overlook that. Now, when they mm-hmm. start looking at it, that means at some point in time they got a little bored in the book, and they mm-hmm. had time to focus. And they were like, dang. Mm-hmm. Why are you saying the same word so wrong? <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not I. <laughs> and I'm an avid reader, and I've done, you know, I've, I'm a beta reader, and I don't, I don't play that. Now, when I was doing it for people, some authors, um, they will ask for the feedback, like, that sort of feedback. Some of them don't want the grammatical feedback. They just want to mm-hmm. know what direction, you know, they're going in, if they're on the, if they're in the right direction. Some of right. them will say, I know there are errors, you know, don't worry about that. I just want to make sure I'm going in the right direction. Or when I did it for um, Shatea, she was like, you know, she just wanted everything. Look for errors, look for, you know, tell me I'm in the right direction, let me know everything. That's how mm-hmm. she was. Um, some don't want that feedback, but now though, like my authors, like my originals, they know a manuscript doesn't go to an editor or anything without going through me first. Mm-hmm. Like I test read their, their manuscripts. Mm-hmm. They send it to me and then it goes to the editor. So I do the test read first. And, and then they can send it, send it to the editor. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. But you know, when, when an author wants true feedback, that, that means they are into their craft and they're looking to, to improve their craft and not just put a, a one-hit wonder out, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's a well, hit, then... Well, <laughs> I ran into a few that... You know, the say what you mean and mean what you say philosophy does not necessarily apply because if they say, you know, this is what I need and you tell them, or if they ask for those things and you tell them, this is this, this, and this, they're like, oh, no. I think mm-hmm. it'll be fine. No, no, that's not going to be fine. That, that that needs to have some things taken care of in there. You know, so mm-hmm. some are not willing to, to bend that way. And I think that you have to be. You have to be right. willing to bend. Um, And you have to be willing to be molded And you have to be willing to be um, taught Per se Mm -hmm. Because that's what your your team is there for They're seasoned enough to guide you Into an industry that you're not sure about That you haven't really been in And then once you become seasoned That's your support team you know, that's that's the team. You're like, okay, what about this? No, that's not working. Okay, I'm about to go back in. You know, those mm-hmm. are the people that you trust. And so you have to have that relationship. And when they give it to you, 
those you can't have a yes yes man and yes woman yeah. around you. You have to have that yeah. person that tells you this is a hot ass damn mess. What is yeah. this? You have to have that person, even if it's blunt and it comes out. You have to because you have to know that there's something wrong. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's true. Exactly. Latoya told me today that I am the realest person that she's ever met in her life. I I don't play those games at all. I, I really just don't. And, I mean, they have to have good work, you know. They they really, really, really do. I want to mm-hmm. see them all succeed, and, I mean, I'm going to let them know. Shatea, I mean, you know, it's it's been the two of us, you know. It's been the two of us. So mm-hmm. she bounces pretty much everything off of me, and I bounce pretty much everything off of her. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just been the two of us. So, it, it, I mean, I it, we just have this, all of us have this relationship, and it works. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to waste a whole lot of time on, on something that's just going nowhere. Mm-hmm. So, we, like we were saying at the top of the show, time is of the essence. Time is yes. not something that you have to waste. And then wasting time, you're wasting money as well. So you should always want to put your best foot forward. For you got mm-hmm. that right. <laughs> exactly. You got that, you got that right. <laughs> it's so it is true. The truth. Absolutely. So, now, when you are... Um, when they come to you and they they query you, mm-hmm. do they have to do they have to give you like a pitch? Do they have to pitch to you as well? Um, what is that that query process outside of the requirements that you have? Do they have to pitch it to you? Is it some is it a certain way you want them to present it outside of the mm. um, formal look? Not really. I mean, I'm pretty simple. You know, I get. Um, no, not really. I'm pretty simple. It's just send me your three chapters. Um, sometimes they'll inbox me, um, on Facebook and just be like, can we talk? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as long as it's within respect, you know, respectful time frame, I'm like, sure. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Social media is just everything these days, so I'll just be like, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and just tell me whatever it is. And I'll just say, can you send me something? Because I have to read something. I have to right. read something. So as long as they send me something, um, I don't need them to tell me why they're the best for me to choose. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I just want them to give me some background and give me a vision or what they want, like what they're looking for, because... Sometimes, like, publishing companies will reach out, and I'm like, what do you, like, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. And um, I can't, it's hard to represent an entire publishing company where they want me to be the individual agent for each of their authors. Now, if they Mm -hmm. want me to be, like, a booking agent for for their, their company, that's something different. But to be an individual agent for each of their authors, that's a lot. That's a lot. But to be a booking agent, like if they want me to book for all of them, okay. But to be an individual agent for all of their authors, that's a lot. So, mm-hmm. 
it just depends. It just depends. But just tell me what your vision is. You know, I say, what do you want? What are you looking for? Oh, I want you to set me up. You know, I want the virtual book tour. Oh, I want to be able to get into independent book, you know, bookstores. Or I want to be in Barnes & Noble. Or, you know, I want you to send me across the world. Well, what's your what's your budget? You know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to fly. <laughs> do you have a budget? Mm-hmm. You know, or you're going to have to take a train. <laughs> or... for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, what's your price? You know, that's that's what they say. What, how much do you charge? And I'm like, here we go, or, you know. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A lot goes into it. Now, this is Tony had that. Go ahead, Lisa. <laughs> I was going to ask now, if, when they want to get their books sent to Barnes & Noble, what do you sell them? How do they, what is that process like? You know what I say? I'm not a I'm not a publisher. <laughs> I'm not a publisher. Um mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily um something that I can do. I can look into it for them. Um Barnes and Noble may be able to do it. Um there is a process. It's not that they won't take it an independent author or publishing company. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. It depends on the author. It depends on the indie publisher. It, it's a process. It definitely is a process. Books a million, wow. too. Um, mm-hmm. Books a million, too. They're actually a little... They're a little easier to work work with than, than Barnes & Noble is. Mm-hmm. Barnes & Noble... Mm-hmm. <sighs> For our people, to be honest with you, they're 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 something else. <laughs> mm. yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're something else. Wow. Yeah, I was about to ask you, what was the most challenging part of being a literary agent? Is it the different um, venues that you have to to try to get your clients in? What's the most challenging part of being a literary agent? Um. Dealing with, like, when you call, like, the libraries and doing the pitch with the libraries and, you know, the mm-hmm. Barnes and Nobles and why this particular publishing company or author should be in that library or in mm-hmm. that Walmart or in that Barnes and Noble or in that Books of Million. That's that's the hardest part. You know, it's easy to mm-hmm. get somebody in a venue or into an event, or into a bookstore, or get them a book signing. That's that's the easy part. It's just getting them into the libraries or into the bookstores. Now, once um, you get them in that bookstore, is the next challenge the displaying of the book, where the book is displayed so that the readers yeah, can see it? Uh-huh. It is because, um, you know, bookstores want to put their books where they want to put their books. Right. You know, and more and more authors don't want to do, well, especially with the independent bookstores, they don't want to do consignment um, because bookstores want to put the books where they want to put them. Mm -hmm. They're not Mm -hmm. sure if their books are selling. Um, Bookstore owners aren't really letting the authors know if their books are selling, so it's a lot of follow-up. Mm-hmm. With you know how are the books doing? Are they selling? Or you know that's me. Like I have to call and be like, how are the books doing? Are they selling? Or what's going on? Right. 
Right. Sometimes the bookstores, they'll, they'll say in the contract, like, after six months, if they're not selling, then, you know, they'll send the books back. But then they mm-hmm. forget. They forget to send the books back. So, you know, you're calling them, like, what's up with the books? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or they'll say that all the books sold and um, they haven't paid the author yet. So now you're trying to hunt down this bookstore to get the author's money. Mm-hmm. Or they've paid the author part of the money, and now you can't get in touch with the owner to get the rest of the money. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, confinement going bad. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's a headache. <laughs> it's a headache. It sounds like it. And, you know, sometimes, like here in the city, when I walk past Barnes & Noble, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the big key names are, like, so prominently displayed in the window, so they just automatically grab your eye so that when you do walk into the Barnes and Noble, they hit you as soon as you walk through the door. But sometimes mm-hmm. if you want to go find some of our people's books, you got to go down the escalator mm-hmm. to the back of the store. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's not what you want to see. You want to see something that represents the way you look when yeah. you look into a, Barnes, a bookstore window. Yeah. Because exactly. it's catching millions of eyes going back and forth past that, past that store. You want to be have your work displayed as well. Exactly, exactly. It's crazy. It is so crazy. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have your job cut out, and 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 kudos to those literary agents because that's not an easy job, as we're hearing. Right here on Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and that's my partner over there, Miss Alicia. We have the phenomenal literary agent, Miss Heather, telling us the, the the rundown on the different things that a literary agent does and what they don't do. So we hope you guys are taking notes and enjoying these jewels that she's dropping here with us this evening. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what is one of the things that um, you would get advice um, a first time client when they come to you as far as um, stepping into this industry um, as far as looking for an agent or just in this industry well if they're looking for an agent Both. okay if they're looking for an agent um, if an agent charges you up front they're not legit they're definitely not legit. No agent mm-hmm. should charge you um, any money up front. They, you should not be giving them any money, um, mm-hmm. period. <laughs> and as an author, I say stay away from the beef and do your research. Do your research. Do your research about publishing companies, Um Period. If you know if you're gonna if you're gonna be self-published or if you want to go with a publishing company, do your re- research and stay away from any type of author beef or anything. Mm-hmm. Wow. Honestly, research is key there, and and mm-hmm. staying out of the beef is even bigger because once it dies down, you know yeah. you still have that bitter taste in the reader's mouth about what just happened, and mm-hmm. they shy away from your work. And, and like Gleesha and I say, word of mouth is one of the biggest selling tools to an author's, you know, book. Yeah. That word of mouth is key. Yeah. The thing about author beef is, I mean, 
once a reader finishes one book, they're going to have to pick up another one. I mean, there's enough readers out here to go around for every author. Uh-huh. You know, they uh-huh. have to, they're going to pick uh-huh. up another book. So, like, it's just ridiculous to me, and I don't understand. But, hey, who am I, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you say you have seven, you have seven clients. Have yes. you ever had an instance where more than one client needed you on the same day for a separate event? Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, mm-hmm. One thing is, I I mean, you really don't have to be with them all the time. Um, so, you know, like, you just try not to spread yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, re- like, coming up soon, I have three clients that have something on the same day. So <laughs> November 12th, I have three clients that have something on the same day, and I'm going to be with one, so I can't be with the other two. Mm-hmm. But it kind of happens, and it's okay. You know, it's it's definitely okay. Um, they understand, but if I'm not going to be with the other two, I'll make sure that I'm at another thing of their that they're going to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'll be with another one the following week since I won't be with her that other week. And you just make it do what it do. But I'll be with three of them all at um, 556 five, Chicks. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll be there. I'll see you. Yeah, we talked yes. about that already. Yep, yep. We're doing lunch, dinner, breakfast or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That should be fun. Absolutely. That's that's, that's going to be a mm-hmm. big, big thing. It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, have you ever have you ever had to pitch, like, had a client that says, I want to go to Big Six? Have you ever had to pitch to one of the bigger publishing houses? Um, Not the big, big ones. The biggest one that I think I pitched was, Delphine, 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 Tamika Newhouse's. Mhm. Mhm. I think that was the biggest one that I actually did pitch. Yes. Um. But no, not the not the big big ones, not the bigger ones. Nope. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> that door's still open. Now you have so much going on, Heather. You have your seven clients. You know, you're writing, you're pinning your first book. Mm-hmm. You're this powerhouse literary agent. Is there? What do you do for a typical day off, for Heather? Do you ever get a typical day off away from everything? Just one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I do, and when I do, I just lay around. I really do. Mm-hmm. I'll read. Because I still mm-hmm. read, like, <laughs> I read. I just lay mm-hmm. around and I read. I mean, I'm still trying to date, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read. What did I just read last? I read, um, oh, my gosh, White Lines again after mm-hmm. reading it years ago. I read that again recently. So, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I read in my spare time. When I can, you know, I'm you, you, yeah, <laughs> you need a day off just just to re-energize yeah. yourself because you can get burnt out from so much going on. Now, what what literature do you what genre do you like to read? 
Well, um, Nicholas Sparks is my fave. <laughs> oh, all right. He is. Um, he's my fave, but, I mean, urban fiction, women's lit. Um, mm-hmm. But literally, Nicholas Sparks is my fave. But I'm about to read Blackbirds. Mm-hmm. Eric Jerome Dickey. I brought that home with me, so I can I can read that this this weekend. Um, but yeah, Nicholas Sparks. The new book is my ultimate. He's my ultimate. I mean, that's that's my ultimate <laughs> forever and ever. Oh, and Janet Ivanovich. Have you guys ever read her? I read her a mm-hmm. long time. Did? I read a book from her. You did? A long. Mhm. I I may have read one book from her. Oh my god. But I goodness. see her name all over the place. Yes. She's my other mm-hmm. fave too. <laughs> she makes mm-hmm. me laugh. Um, she's my other fave. So I read her um Stephanie Plum series, like the last one was Tricky Twenty Two. She's up to twenty two mm-hmm. with that series, so I read her a lot too, but of course mm-hmm. I love my urban fiction. I do, I do. Mm-hmm. That's me. And you know, I want to open a bookstore. My dream is to run my literary agency out of my bookstore. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm working that on that too. Fun. Yeah, I'm yeah. working on that too. That's the dream. That is definitely the dream. There's nothing wrong with that. We had our show <laughs> last night talking about dreams and, and, and having that blurred vision, but sometimes you got to stay the course. And yes. just do that blurriness to see that end result. Yes, yes. I'm telling you, I work the nine to five so I can make the dream come true. I got to do that. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> now, how do how do you balance that with your with your regular job and your business and your writing? How do you balance all of that? Thankfully, I mean, I run the call center, and um, it's fairly simple. I mean, I can close my office door, (laughs) do a lot of writing Mm -hmm. when I'm at work. That's when I write the most, when I'm at work. And that's when I make most of the calls for my authors, when I'm at work. So Mm -hmm. I have a, a fantastic team lead. I have a fantastic team, actually. Um, so it basically runs itself, um, but I'm present, you know, I'm present and it really runs itself. So I'm there, but I'm able to do what I need to do for my business and my authors and write my book when I'm able to. Wow. It works. It works. Nessie, you're going to have to, you're going to have have me ask, this is Tony, my superpower question. I've been on this superhero kick. I know Lisa probably tired of me and my superheroes. <laughs> but, you know, I have my superheroes and, and everybody has their own and they have certain powers. But if you were a superhero, what would it be and what would your powers be? Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if you see me post on Wednesdays my black superwoman. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. Um, <laughs> I I already think I am black superwoman, so you know I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, I would be the black superwoman. You know she, I, black superwoman does it all. You know we're mom, we're businesswoman, we're 
we're everything to everybody most of the time, and we still keep a mm-hmm. smile on our face. And for real, that's exactly how I feel. You know, uh-huh. I, I get tired, but I keep it going. You know, mm-hmm. and I keep a smile that's on my so face, true. and that's, that's so exactly true. what I would be. Mm-hmm. Now, if I had my superpowers, you know, because I'm 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 that that powerful see all, and I have these special powers that I can look into Heather's head. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if I had the power to look in your head, what would be exposed to me? What would I have the privilege of seeing? Tell me what I'm seeing in Heather's head. (laughs) You would see, oh, my goodness, you would see, um, I I really am a completely different person these days. I uh-huh. I mean, I'm a different person. The Heather now was not the Heather who I was about six years ago. Uh-huh. Um, I, I definitely have a testimony. And when I say, like, I'm such a, a different person, I'm just so happy. You know, uh-huh. I found a way to really just enjoy life and people. Uh-huh. Um Today, you know, um, one of my one of my employees did a like a tarot card reading on me, and she uh-huh. was like, "What do you want to? Oh, what do you want to? Yeah, I don't know. She's <laughs> she's learning how to do tarot or whatever, and she was uh-huh. like, "What do you want to? What do you want to talk about?" And I was like, "Love," and she was and one of my employees. The other employee was like, "You always want to talk about love." I said, "Girl, because I love to love. You know, I just uh-huh. love life. I love people." <laughs> You know, but that's for me. That's a big deal because for years I just was so angry and mm-hmm. I was unhappy. I didn't like life and didn't really like people. And it took me a long time to really just appreciate everything about people and appreciate appreciate life. So mm-hmm. in my head, you would see pink butterflies and <laughs> hearts. <laughs> Rainbows and unicorns and you know you would just <laughs> I'm dead That's serious. That's a beautiful thing, though, Heather. <laughs> you know, you know what your power is. You have gotten the power back over you. You know and it's that the truth. You, you come through your your obstacles. You reach a different level, mm-hmm. and you're happy. So that's a power in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And we are so happy that you're sharing it with us here on Let's Chat tonight. We Thank are so you. So happy for that. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. Before you roll out, make sure you shout out all your social media where people okay. can reach you. If people are looking for a literary agent, your website, uh, where they can contact you at. Okay. So Facebook, I'm just Heather Butler. Um, that's my regular Facebook. Um, my business page is the Butler Group Agency. On Instagram, um, the Butler Group Agency, and I'm also Heather B underscore Lit Agent. Twitter, I am the Butler, I'm Butler Lit Agency. Mm-hmm. And um, let me see, my website is the Butler Group Agency. My email is the Butler Group Agency at gmail.com. And I just wanted to send a shout-out to my seven authors, Tammy Capri, Vanessa M. Kirby, Sanye McIver, Teresa B. Howe, Shatea Sims, Latoya Chandler, Rory Edwards, and Amir 
um, Garvin. Was that seven? I think that was seven. Y'all are my world. Thank you for everything. And thank you, ladies, for having me. I thank you. Yes, <laughs> we thank you because we can hear you got a busy life going on, and we appreciate the time that you have spent with me and Alicia here tonight. Thank you. I appreciate you, Alicia. I'll see you at 556 five, Chicks. Okay. Yes, right. That's next week. Next week. Yeah, two next weeks, week. right? Wow, two Girl, weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks again, Heather, for joining no us. Have fun at that 556. Five, I wish I was there. Oh, I know. Next time, next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, thanks, ladies. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest thank of Thank you evening. so much, Heather. I will. I'm going to stay on and listen to Amir. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I love her energy. Um, I always refer people to her. If they come to me and I do so much, but when they ask me to do certain things and I'm like, oh, I kind of can't do that right now, you know, I'll say, well, mm-hmm. you may want to check out, you know, and I'll be like, contact Heather Butler. I know she, she's like, <laughs> if she send me one more person. I don't need one more person coming Some of some Leisha sent me <laughs> But I do <laughs> We want to thank you guys for tuning in to Let's Chat I'm Leisha you know I got the fabulous Miss Tony with me Standing by we have Author Amir Gavin We're talking that talk today about the art of Making the pages talk If you missed our first interview With the fabulous literary agent And author Heather Butler No worries just make sure you hit our archives we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to come back with Amir. Let's hit you with some of that Dennis Burr.
I'm tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Tony and myself, Miss Leisha, we are talking that talk about the art of making the pages talk. We're about to bring in the awesome Amir Gavin. He's going to kick it with us in the chat room. Hey, Amir, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Mr. Gavin? <laughs> How's it going? We are good. Happy to have you in the uh-huh. chat room tonight. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. I'm sorry I called in a little bit late. <laughs> That's all right. Now, for everybody who don't know who author Amir is, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your book. Oh, my name is Cornell Amir Garvin. I have wrote um, my first novel, Hustler by Nature, and the second one will will be released on November 25th, Black Friday, uh, Hustler by Nature 2, Friend of Foe. Oh. All right, now. Tell us what that builds up. That will books are about. Talk, talk to me. T- tell me about the tip, Mr. Garvin. Uh, well, the books are based there, um, about the following life of Keyshawn Jackson. The first one talks about how he came up from as a child and his parents influenced his life, but when they were snatched from, snatched from him, he had to make decisions. So in everything mm-hmm. that his mom taught him about the streets, he had to start to implement. And then part two is just a carry on I don't really want to go too much into it because I don't want to give up the um the details. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are are, are still um on the cliffhanger from part one. All right, now so I much... want to be put on that. I want put me on that cliff. This is Tony, and uh, put me on that cliff. Tell me about Mr. Keyshawn. Does he he what well, characters that he displayed? Is he does he have a little bit of you in him? <laughs> <laughs> no, he has a little bit of um a bunch of people that I know. Uh-huh. He had a little bit of that on him. Um, he's a fictional character. He was a, he's a basketball star, well, was a basketball oh. star, who was destined to, supposed to go to the NBA. But when his mother was killed and his father was taken away, he had to uh-huh. fend for himself and his family. So yeah. it, it's off, all off of his life and his decisions. And everything that he does, he tries to do to help all those around him. But sometimes okay. his consequences um, affects those around him also. I mean, his choices, not consequences, his choices affects mm-hmm. everyone around him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Excuse me, Mr. Garvin. <laughs> now, you hit me. You, you touched me when you said basketball because I'm a sports fanatic. <laughs> and oh, my, yeah. son plays, my son plays college basketball, so... You know I'm going to be diving in those pages and, and seeing what that pen do for Mr. Amir okay. Garvin. And so you you got me peaked over here. Oh. <laughs> right. And he has a sports show that airs on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Yeah, I talk that talk on all things sports. you got to join me one time and talk about Mr. Keyshawn and the inspiration behind him. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> Fictionally, I'm sorry. Of Fictionally, of course. Let's, let's find out you're not paying me no mind, Mr. No, Mayor. I am. I am. I'm My brother just asked me a question. Okay. I'm going to write a book about a guest coming on the show and not talking to Miss Tony. I am so sorry, Miss Tony. Listen, don't do it to me. I and truly you know, apologize. You get, you get to kill people in books. You can do a whole lot of books. 
Now I have a question. How long have you been writing, Amir? Um, I started writing in 2005, 2006, but I was incarcerated. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's like um, that's when I I didn't put my first book out until I got released. Mm-hmm. When I got released, when I dropped A Hustler by Nature. Okay. Okay. And how, tell us a little bit just about your literary journey. Um, were you signed when you dropped your first book? Um, tell us just about a little bit on your literary journey throughout the industry. We can't hear you. I'm sorry. My phone be acting up. I said I started a um, publishing company with my uncle. Uh, mm-hmm. Garvin and Garvin Publishing, and mm-hmm. so I released my first book. I released my first book underneath for that, underneath for as well that publishing company. And it's been a um a learning experience. It's, it's definitely it's been a real learning experience because I, I'm learning everything as I go along. Mm-hmm. What to do, um, print companies, trying to get distribution. Mm-hmm. All of that. So it's all it's been it's been an experience, but it's been a um a good learning experience because I like to learn. So it's been a mm-hmm. challenge, and I like Absolutely. and I like all of that. Yes. So and I'm glad that you brought up distribution. What mm-hmm. do you guys have? You have authors at your company as well. Not right now, but I'm going to start another company called um First Family Publishing. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and, and under that publishing company, I'm going to release part two, and then okay. Oh, uh, and then I got my my boy. His book comes out also, and well, part two comes out in November. His book comes out in December. Mm-hmm. We released his mm-hmm. book in December, and I, his his book is man. And his his title is Man and Man: The Longest Letter Ever. Man to man, the longest letter ever. Yes, wow. it's a it, it's a deep book. Right. It's basically well, that one's basically about um father writing a letter to his son in today mm-hmm. day and age. Wow. And so all, yeah. That sounds pretty now, what's powerful. The, what's been the hardest? Yes. What's been the hardest part of your journey as far as getting your pushing your book um, distribution wise? What's been the hardest part of that journey? Trying to get um, distributors, for one, trying to get distributors to, get to take me on, and they don't know me being a, um, a new author. That's That's been hard because a lot of people don't know who I Well, in the beginning, they didn't know who I am. And there was one company mm-hmm. that, in the beginning, they wanted to take my book on. And then after, mm-hmm. I think maybe about a month ago, contacted somebody that I know. And they all got in touch with me and wanted to, and took my book on. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I found I found that to be funny because I'm like, okay, well now you're starting to hear about me, and now you um taking my book on, which is I mean I I understand it's business. In the beginning, you didn't want to you didn't want to take because it was a risk, but mm-hmm. now you know um people want to read my book, mm-hmm. so that's been really the hard part. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and trying to get into the stories that really, like I, like I said, even the stories that don't know me. Right. At this time, Tanya, Amir, what, what, what was going on? Uh, uh, now, I was going to ask him, what was going on that he chose to get uh, a literary agent? Oh, me? Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it might help my build, help build my brand. I need, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted, mm-hmm. I needed somebody that knew the business, that knew the business, and um, could help build who I am, build my brand, and help me get out there to be known. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like Heather, Heather is the one that can yeah, really help me and take, and, and then take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do all things at Heather Butler Literary Agency. Yes, that's a shameless plug. I don't work there, but I'm just saying we can do all things. Talk <laughs> <laughs> that talk, girl. <laughs> now, Amir, when you when you step out and you're trying to um, get your book distributed and get your book out there, you know, you talked about how you know people weren't really interested because they felt that nobody knew you. And a lot of times I, I always, you know, tell clients that the best thing is to make them come looking for you. Because, see, when they come looking for you, they're not empty-handed opposed to when you come looking for them. So even though you were just um, kind of distracted and, you know, frustrated from the first time, the fact that they came back looking for you is a good thing. Okay, right. That's how I took it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now yeah. they're they're looking for you. You don't have to go to anybody. Those people who, that told you that they could not or would not or those people that did not have the time or those people that felt um, this way or felt that way, those are the people that are going to now come looking for you. And you're not going to have to move a finger. You're not going to have to move an inch. They're going to come to you. Okay, and, that, and that's what I pray for. That's what I hope for. Mm-hmm. No. Absolutely. My, my dream is to make this a full time career. You know, writing. I love writing. I love to go to the pages and put down my pain and frustrations and the way I'm feeling on paper and have people read it and, and they like it. Like I love to hear mm-hmm. hear um, readers say they love my book. Mm-hmm. Like that drives me. That drives me to do, even keep on writing and keep mm-hmm. on going and pushing. And I hear somebody say, yo, I love, oh, why you do that with Keyshawn? What happened with this? And that right there, I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. It's you to your pen. Now, did you finish writing this book while you were incarcerated? Or you finished yeah. it once you got out? You, it I was finished it when I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. From, it was a book. It was like, you know, and that's what got me really into it is when everybody was saying, oh, you need to publish this. You need to publish this. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I became a talk of the prison uh, with mm-hmm. my writing. So. Okay. Now, has the industry been everything that you thought it would be, or have you come across some 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 roadblocks that you didn't think existed in the literary world? <laughs> I came across roadblocks, but I wasn't expecting these roadblocks. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that it was going to be. Uh, um. At first, I was like a lot of authors. I thought it was going to be an overnight success story. Mm-hmm. And then after like the first couple of months, I realized it wasn't. Right. And then I realized you got to put work in. Oh, yeah. 
So, you know, I started putting the work in to try to make it um, successful. And I still put the work in every day, all day long, writing, trying to learn more ways of promoting. I used to try to get my name out there and my, my brand out there. Mm-hmm. See, that's the difference between someone that really wants to pursue that dream and make it a reality as far as writing is not easy. I mean, just right. it's just it's really not easy, and we have fact that we have for authors has grown tremendously since we've been doing these these shows. And when you put the work in and you see what all it takes to get that book into the reader's hands, you know you appreciate that. That's hard work. That just builds character. Yes. So you do see yourself staying in this industry long term. Oh yeah, I'm trying to build this a build something that's going to be lasting for my kids, their kids, and so forth and so on. Uh-huh. I'm trying to build um, a, a long-lasting career that's going to feed my family for generations. All right. That's a powerful word, Mr. Amir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, when you sat down to to write this book, what was going on? I know you wrote it when you were behind the wall. With the process, was that the first the first time you ever sat down to read a book, I mean to write a book? What was that process like for you? Because I know for any other author, I know it's difficult, but when you're behind the wall, you have less um, less tools to be able to, right. to sharpen your craft with. So what was that process like pinning your first book? Um, Honestly, it was like... How can I put it? It was taking me away from reality. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like easy, and I really did what it's like. Okay, when I first was writing, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this as recreation because a friend of mine was writing, and he asked me to read some of his stories. So when I read some of his stories, I'm like, you know what, I could do this. So I began writing while I was waiting to be sentenced and going through trial. And it took me away from everything. So that process was kind of easier for me in there to write than compared to out here. Because, see, out here I have a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. And there I could just sit down and I could grab a pen, get some paper from commissary, and write. I don't have to be bothered. I can sit in my cell and just write and just write. And it'll take me away from the reality I was living in. Mm-hmm. But compared to out here, out here, when I go to write, it's hard because I'm dealing with life struggles, life situations for me anyway. You know, finding time to go ahead and write and still promote and sell my book at the same time and try to build this publishing company. Mm-hmm. So it's, it tends to be a little bit um, But One thing I can say, though, the resources out here as far as – the computer, um, going online and looking things up, or other that's a little bit more easier. But I did have a dictionary and a thesaurus when I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You know, um, Amir, you know, you're not the first to say this is Tony. You're not the first to say that when you are behind the wall, there are less distractions where you can focus on your writing and you just can just write and write and write. But once you are released and you still want to pursue that writing dream, not only are you faced with the distractions of 
outside in this world, but you also have to catch up on all the things that have been have evolved since you went behind the walls. So you right. have a lot on your plate, you know, with the, the outside distractions and still trying to stay maintain that focus of being an author. Do you consider that one of the biggest challenges that you face as an author? Yes, because a lot of times, you know, um, a lot of times that be like that be that would stop me from releasing part two or even finish typing part two up was my life obstacles I was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't more or less some of the mostly of the industry side. It was more or less of the family side and trying, you know, making sure I provide for my family and all that, and still mm-hmm. get this job done. Right. And do it, you know, successfully where you want to maintain your readership and, and also increase it. Yes, yes. Because at first, when I first um, released part one, I first got into the industry, I wasn't a real big fan of talking or, you know, just I'm not really a good talker or a people of. A people I'm a little person. shy. A people person, right? I, I can I can tend to be a little shy. And I was shy in the beginning. And I wasn't talking a lot on Facebook or social media, so I had to learn how to use social media, which I still am learning how to use. Um, I had to learn how to interact more on social media, which I'm still right. learning how to, inter- you know, do do all that. Still mm-hmm. learn how to come out of my eggshell of being shy or not being a talkative person and talk. Like right now, this, this much talking is, is is something that I, I made a vow to start doing in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing a great job, Mr. Amir. I don't hear no shyness. Let me find out you try to be shy on, on Miss Tony and Miss Leisha. Right. <laughs> I don't I see that. I didn't get you that. Where did the awesome. shy come in from? Where, where did the shy come in from? Where, where is that I mean, at? It, it, you missed that boat. I know, because I, I told you at the beginning of the year, I vowed, I said I'm going to be a different person. I said I'm going to be more open and conversate uh-huh. more. And, you know, try to reach out and talk to more readers. Because if I didn't know you, I wouldn't even talk to you before. No, you talk you talk to me. I, I'd make you talk to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to help but to talk to me. You would just talk. <laughs> now, I, okay. I just got a question for you because when you came home um, and you, you had this book and you said home has a lot of distractions, I know that when when you are away, life kind of stops for you. So when you have to pick it back up and step into this new world, what was that process like for you? Was it was it hard for you to focus at first um, in getting set for your writing when you came home? Yes, it was. It was hard at first, and I wanted it so bad. I was like, okay, I want I wanted to put this book out bad, 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 you know. But it was hard for me to step out and do it. And at the same time, still live, and, and and try to and learn the process as it as it went on. So it was kind of hard at first, mm-hmm. you know. But it was a joyful though. Like when I first got the um, when I first got my books on paperback, and I had the the, the truck, the freight truck came and they dropped the, the pallet off in front of my house. Like I felt like it was Christmas. <laughs> I can imagine <laughs> seeing your name on that cover and holding it in your hands. That's like a newborn baby right there. <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's how I treat. That's how I treat my books, like my kids and my babies. Like that's my baby that I birthed to life. 
Mm-hmm. I want that's that's how I want people to read when they when they read it. I want people to feel like they, they like this is real life. Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could relate to the characters in my book. You know, I want Absolutely. everybody to be able to relate. And even if they they even if you have some characters that they hate, that's a good thing. Because hatred and a character breeds a reader coming back to see what else they can hate on one of them about. Right. <laughs> right. And you know what was what was really um a joyful feeling when my cousin, he's like he's a um he's a pastor or a bishop. We don't have any trust. He don't read he don't read um urban fiction or hood novels or street literature. You know, so when he when he bought my purchased my book and he actually read it it was like you know what? Because like, this is a very good book, and I don't even read these type of stories. Wow, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good so. to you, Mister. Um, now, I know you you you're new to the industry, but do you have a favorite author that you read? Um, I have a couple favorite authors that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep Banks, he's one of them. Um, Quan, he's another one. Um, an author that I just I have met since I've been home, and I like his books too. Um, Blacktop. I like Black his Top, books. Yeah. Uh-huh. I like his books. Um, Keisha Green. I like her books too because I was I was reading hers. I, I like her books. Um, Sister Soldiers, another one that's that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I think her books. I, I love to hear her. Right, I love yeah. her books. I love to hear her speak. Oh, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Continue. I'm sorry. I ain't get a chance to meet her or or hear her speak yet, but I love her books. Like the coldest winner ever. I'd have read that so many mm-hmm. times. You know. Really. Yeah, like I just mm-hmm. love her books. Now, if you can co-write with someone, who would it be? Would you co-write with another author? I don't know. If I, see, that's the because to me, like when you co-write, it had to be mm-hmm. somebody that could fit your style of writing. True. I want you know. I, I, so if it's somebody, I, I'm not sure. I haven't even thought about it. Like somebody, somebody asked me, and I know my I did think about because somebody did ask me to co-write, but it was going to be their first book, and I wasn't quite sure about it. I'm like, well, I don't know if we match yet. Like, if, mm-hmm. like as our styles of writing is going to be the same, that's mm-hmm. the, that's the thing. It has to be somebody that's like, write how I write. We had to have the same similar style. So I'm open to the idea, mm-hmm. but I haven't quite, like, it, it just don't run through my mind just yet. Well, you know, you're still new to the industry, and I'm just going to put a disclaimer out there that this evening is September 23rd. Mr. Amir Garvin talking about he's shy. Scratch that. He is not shy. He has done an awesome job here on this chat. And, you know, this platform is always open to you if you want to come back and, and not be shy again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. And I definitely will come back. Absolutely. Would you drop that next five star read? You remember me, Alicia? <laughs> I will. I definitely will. I definitely will come back and oh, you know, and tune right on in. Absolutely. Just slide on in here. Your chair be waiting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I thank y'all for having me on. You are so very Thank welcome. You but before you leave the chat room and sharing mm-hmm, your journey with us, shout out your social media handle so everyone can follow you. And uh, when your new book will be released, once again. 
Okay, um, my social media on Facebook, I'm Cornell Amir Garvin, Instagram, Amir Garvin, Twitter, Cornell Amir Garv, that's with the G A R, Snapchat, it's just Amir Garvin, and my own, um, yeah, I believe that's it. On my social medias, because I'm still learning, trying to learn everything else, um, all the new ones. Me too. And the new book, and the new book will be out. It's, we, we, we're pushing it for Black Friday and pushing yeah. for it to be released Black Friday. Okay. That's the good release date. Yeah. Good <laughs> release date. And so I'm pushing for Black Friday. And I know a lot of my own readers, they've been waiting for two years for this book. A lot of them have been mm-hmm. waiting for a long time. And I know um, it's Black Friday. They will have it. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for the holidays. Yeah, ready right for the holidays. So, thank you once again so much, Amir, for joining us and and hanging with me. You know, I was just pulling your leg, trying to pull that shyness out, but it's all good. <laughs> we got a great interview. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And another friend to the show. <laughs> yep. See, next time you'll feel more at home. And you'll just be, we won't have to ask no questions. You'll be like, and then let me tell y'all what happened. And we'll just be like, <laughs> you don't say what. You do the whole okay. interview by yourself. Those are the best ones. Watch. You, you're going to get so used to it. You're going to say, okay, well, you're just going to start telling everything. And I'm just like, wow, that's awesome. And then she's going to give her little short two cents. And then you're going to say, yeah, ladies. And then let me tell you, we're going to say, wow, because, you know, we love exclusives. We love when people get comfortable. They just, they just start telling us everything they got going on. We're like, okay. So we're excited when you come back in. You're going to be spilling okay. tea and not even though you're spilling it. Okay. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Absolutely. Well, thank you wait. once again, Amir. You enjoy the rest of your evening, okay? All right. You're welcome, and you too. Y'all too. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Good night. I like him, Lee. <laughs> yeah, Can you he's tell? cute. He's cute. He's cute. <laughs> So you know I, I, love male, I love having male authors on. I love male interviews because it's so different <laughs> when they when they start talking because most of the time they're not as talkative as women. You know, women we sit down, it's like girl chat. You know, we we mm-hmm. got our feet up, everybody's chatting, but men are so different. And so when they do say something, it's like okay, they just mm-hmm. bring a whole another world. Um, out of themselves, and so it was awesome having him on the show. If you're just it tuning was. in, this is a chat. I am Miss Lisa, and I got the fabulous Miss Tony with me. We're talking that talk about the art of making those pages talk. Our show has ended for the evening, but if you missed the archive, if you missed the show, make sure you go back and check out our archives. Uh, you can reach our archives via Blog Talk or on iTunes. We do appreciate everybody tuning in and supporting us. We will see you guys next week. Make sure you're here next Thursday. We will have everybody's favorite model in the building. It is going down here in the yes. world. Yes. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. And like Leisha said, we'll be back next week. Good night, everybody. And thanks for joining me and Leisha tonight on Let's Chat. Good night. This is state of emergency. Bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to do? I'm sorry. 
I'm back. 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 Corporate love hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggle. On the block hustle. Crooked cop hustle. No sleep in these streets. 24 struggle. On the stroll hustle. Tricking John hustle. Working the pole. That's your goal. 24 struggle. Counterfeit hustle. Politics hustle. Flipping bricks to go legit. 24 struggle. Overbooked hustle. Writing books hustle. In, in, in the pen with your pen. 24 struggle. Yeah. 